0: You're listening to Martin Wolfe's podcast from the Financial Times. In the last week, the world has seen the UK's good Gordon in action. Confronted by the implosion of the country's financial system, Gordon Brown, the British Prime Minister, acted. The plan his government came up with is comprehensive and bold. It will also be expensive, but the cost will surely be much less than the alternative a depression would have been. More important, others now agree. The meetings of financial policy makers in Washington over the weekend bore fruit, first in a general communique and then in detailed programmes of action. The European agreement is particularly impressive. Mr. Brown can rightly claim to have been the leader. The world has, as a result, stepped a little away from an abyss, though the road ahead remains strewn with obstacles. Policymakers finally realized that a plan for dealing with such a severe financial crisis must contain those elements that are individually necessary and collectively sufficient. Two elements are necessary. Massive provision of liquidity and recapitalization of financially weak institutions. Two other elements will help. Dependent on the circumstances. Guarantees to lenders and purchases of defective assets. The US, with its complex financial system and bad mortgage assets, will find blanket guarantees hard to manage, but may benefit from purchases. Europeans seem to be in the opposite situation. The announced programs are, in scale and construction, what is needed. Difficulties will arise in containing the distorting effects of the guarantees and arranging an exit from a partially nationalized system into one better regulated than before. But the announcements made this week, not least in the U.S. epicentre of the storm, should abate the panic. The U.S. Treasury's programme is at last suitably comprehensive. The European announcements, with promises to spend more than €1,870 billion, are also impressive. Meanwhile, the U.K. has already invested £37 billion in three of the country's biggest banks. These are extraordinary actions for extraordinary times. But will they work? Two risks remain. First, worry may shift from the creditworthiness of banks to that of governments. Second, economies may weaken far more profoundly than policy makers believe. These risks are real, but containable. Can governments afford the money they are about to spend? Yes, is my answer. Indeed, governments should be able to get all the money they are now laying out back from their banking industries. Assume their economies have a future. If so, core banking franchises will make money, as they have in the past. If banks can make money, they can repay. The task is merely one of designing the support to ensure they do. The question of affordability is, therefore, essentially one of fiscal credibility. If markets became sufficiently worried about the outlays, particularly at a time of large fiscal deficits, the impact on interest and exchange rates might make a default, either via inflation or even more directly conceivable. But this still seems extremely unlikely. In its new Global Financial Stability Report, the International Monetary Fund re-estimates losses on U.S. loans at $425 billion and mark-to-market losses on US mortgage, consumer and corporate debt at $980 billion for a total of $1,405 billion, up from just $945 billion last April. How much of this will ultimately be realized is unknown. It could be substantially less. If the economy went into a deep recession, however, it could be considerably more. But at this point, This is only 10% of U.S. gross domestic product. This is not by any means extraordinary for a big financial crisis. Moreover, close to half of these losses will fall outside the U.S. Oh, the joys of risk diversification. So the total losses are now only 5% of combined U.S. and European GDP. A part, moreover, of the total has already made good by raising about $430 billion in additional capital on what mostly turned out to be catastrophic terms for the shareholders. Against this, four concerns must be registered. First, additional losses are likely on already contracted domestic European mortgage debt and as a result of the economic slowdown underway. Second, countries with exceptionally large banking systems and exceptionally high domestic indebtedness may find fiscal burdens far heavier. Third, the banking sector also needs extra capital to offset the collapse of the so-called shadow banking sector. And finally, the sector also needs to be substantially better capitalized. Informed observers suggest an additional $1,500 billion in capital might be needed for such reasons. So double this and assume it all comes from the state. It would still only be 10% of US and European GDP if the real interest rate were 2%, this would be a permanent increase in public spending of 0.2% of GDP. Moreover, this would not be extra demand for resources. It would be a recognition of past errors. A part of what people thought was private spending turned out to be public spending. Stuff indeed happens. Nearly all Western governments ought to be able to get away with what they're doing. But some help might have to go to weak neighbours notably in Central and Eastern Europe. Whether this relative optimism proves justified also depends on the severity of the recession. In its latest World Economic Outlook, the IMF could best be described as concerned but not apocalyptic. Advanced economies are forecast to grow by 0.5% in 2009, with the US on 0.1% and the Eurozone on 0.2% and emerging economies are forecast to grow 6.1% next year, with developing Asia on 7.7%. Overall, world output at market exchange rates is forecast to grow at 1.9% in 2009, down from 2.7% in 2008 and 3.7% in 2007. It is easy to tell a far worse story, with further collapses in asset prices, shattering confidence, and so generating big cutbacks in consumption investment. But it is also easy to tell a better story, weakening commodity prices, free central banks to pursue aggressive monetary policies, accelerating the recapitalization of the banks, helping sustain credit, and so minimising the chances of a big overshoot in asset prices on their necessary way down. Western governments have decided to throw all their vast resources at their damaged financial sectors a great deal of pain will still come at some point partial nationalization of finance must also be replaced by privatization and better regulation but the tide in this crisis has surely turned thank you for listening to read martin wolf's columns online please go to www.ft.com/wolf